Hello and welcome back to the Lockdown Blues podcast, part of the Lockdown Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And today we got a good one. Blues are rolling. We got another win to recap. We got a good uh, division rivalry game to preview tomorrow night against Dallas, and we're also gonna we're also gonna talk a little bit of Battle Hawks. They're playing this weekend again. They're rolling, so we'll we'll get into that. Um, Kaka, baby! But before we do, I gotta give a quick shout out to our friends over at Monocle's Pizza. If you haven't heard, Monocle's Pizza is some of the best pizza around. They got. Many, many options, such as their famous crispy thin crust pizza. They've got the pan pizza. They've got the point pizza, which is a one-of-a-kind triangle pizza. And every pizza you get can come with either a mozzarella or a proval blend of cheese, your choice. They've got delicious pepperonis, which are fresh-baked rolls filled with pepperoni puree and four cheeses. They've got toasted ravs. They've got a family pleaser, which is a combo of pizza, salad, and soft drinks. So bring the whole family. You can dine in, carry out, get it delivered. They've been in business since 1959. They're O'Fallon location, which is right off of Highway K in O'Fallon, Missouri. They've got a they've got a brewery, which including their house Amber Beer, named after their first year, 1959. They've got lots of community involvement with fundraisers and reading programs. And you can order online through their app or website or through Grubhub if you're interested. And if you do order, you can get $5 off a large specialty pizza when you mention Locked On or use the online code Locked On. Mm, I'm hungry just talking about it. Speaking of hungry. Sounds amazing. Speaking of hungry, Tommy, have you seen a hungrier Blues team in recent memory than the ones we, we've seen these past few games? They are rolling. Uh, I have. I have, man. I, these these boys look hungry, like they're going for the cup. I mean, mm. I mean, you look back to the Stanley Cup Finals. I think the best games that the Blues played were lockdown defense, only letting up a couple shots a period, which we saw last night. I think it was two shots in forty five minutes, which is just absolutely absurd. Not ideal for the New York Islanders. Not ideal. Yeah. Um, they defense wins championships. The Blues are getting back to their game. They're they have won six in a row. They're absolutely rolling. Uh, they're they're the hottest team in hockey right now. You know that's that's you could argue there, but I mean I think the the other hot teams, the New York Rangers, they're they're only hot because they're desperate for a playoff spot. The Blues are just rolling night in night out. They've outscored their opponents. What, what did I, what was it? It's let me get, let me get let me pull up the exact stats of the Blues over the last six games, just so we can just so we can do it appropriate justice. So over the last six games. They're 6-0-0. They've outscored opponents 22-9. And, and one of the biggest stats that stood out to me, in the 52 games before the six-game stretch, Colton Pareko had 19 points in 52 games. And then over his past six games, Colton Pareko has six points. Jordan Bennington had been a little shaky, but he's played five of the five of the six wins have been his. He's 5-0-0 with a 9-2-8 save percentage, a 1.6 goals allowed average, and two shutouts in that time span. So he's getting back to his his uh, his game. And, you know, Tommy, we've talked about this uh, many times. It seems like the defense is, is is taking on a new life lately in these past six games. We've got guys like yeah. Pareko scoring more points. Guys like Justin Falk seeming a lot more comfortable out there. Plus seven uh, in his last five. Plus, yep. Plus, well, Insane. Plus he was a, yep, yeah, he was a minus one last night, so I think it's down to plus six, but it's okay. And then you got Jordan Bennington, who was a little shaky. Now, uh, one is five, one five straight with two shutouts, and you know, you say you say you can thank all of this to defense, 
Tommy, how did our defense change six, six games ago? What happened? Six games. Um, Marco Scandella was acquired. Mm. And in those last six games, four of those games, the Blues have surrendered less than 20 shots. Oh. Less than now? 20 shots. Are you kidding me? Have they now? Yes. Yeah, uh, last night was Marco Scandella's lowest ice time with, with the team so far. He only played 16 minutes, but he's been playing around 20 minutes a night with, with the Blues, um, which I think was honestly probably more than Armstrong or anyone really expected him to play when he when he joined this team. He played 22 minutes uh, in the game against Chicago. More than uh, Petrangelo, yeah. Yeah, more than Petrangelo. Which hasn't happened forever. Mm-mm. And he you know, didn't put up any points that game, but he's been – He's he's been um, he's been a, co- a consistent, uh, solid player for the Blues in the back end. He was a plus three in the game against Dallas. He had an assist in the game against Minnesota, and he's been playing twenty plus minutes a night in most of these games, except for last night. But I mean, he's he's been such a pleasant surprise, and I think he's allowed allowed this team to have a lot more comfort in their defensive end. Like guys like Colton Pareko have been able to play a little bit more offensively. Guys like Justin Falk have been able to play a little bit more comfortably because, like you said, the Blues are allowing less than 20 shots a game, which a lot of teams are, are get. you know, there's a lot of teams out there that put up around 20 shots in a period. So being able to, being able to suppress teams that much and not only are they only allowing 20 shots less than 20 shots but how many of those are high danger scoring chances not many as you can tell by the fact that they've given up less than 10 goals over the last six games it's been it's been yeah and you even you even heard like Bennington kind of be like yeah I kind of have to like keep myself in the game because he's getting so bored back in his own net that he wants to be ready when the shots do come even if they're two in 45 minutes and touching on that just again not to like drill that point home, even though it's a fantastic stat. Can you imagine how infuriating it has to be for fans of these opposing teams to watch this game and have two shots on goal in 45 minutes? Like you're just watching an absolute onslaught from the St. Louis Blues and stifling defense. I would be pulling my hair out and steam would be coming out of my ears. Yeah, they, they, the New York Islanders had 12 shots in the first period. One shot in the second, three in the third, and one in overtime. Nutty banana that's, land. That's stupid. <laughs> that, that's 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 dumb. That means that means from the first period on, the Islanders didn't even sniff momentum or pressure or any any sort of sustained offensive zone whatever against the Blues. And when they, they did, couldn't even they cleared hear it. the puck on the net. They weren't even in the right zip code. <laughs> and and you got to imagine that frustrates the hell out of teams. Putting up one shot in a period. That's just embarrassing. And then coming out the next period, putting up three in the third. You, you respond to a one-shot period with a three-shot period. You don't make adjustments either. So the, the thing with that is either either the Islanders didn't make enough adjustments in, in, in the locker room or the Blues are just that good at defense. Because you you put up one shot in a period, I think you say, "All right, next period we're throwing everything at the net." Isn't I mean? It seems simple. It's like simple logic to me. Yeah, and it's not that it's not. I don't think that it's the Islanders have a bad offense by any means. I mean, no. JG Pajot is your what third line center? Matt Barzal is <laughs> the one shot of overtime was Matt Barzal just creating something out of nothing and juicy rebound. You know, it was it was they they certainly have talent, but. The defense just doesn't make any mistakes. It's 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 one of those things where I feel like 
um, what Henrik Lundqvist said about about um, the Blues earlier this year, and, and it kind of reminds me of a comment LeBron James made against, against playing against the Warriors a while ago. Is you kind of got to play a perfect game against them. You know, they don't really when the Blues are on their game, they don't allow a lot of easy chances. They don't make mistakes. So you have to play a perfect game. You have to capitalize on the opportunities you get because as we've seen, the Blues have the ability to to hold you to four shots in two periods. Like you got that if they if they're gonna do that, you're gonna have to take advantage of the shots you do get. And at the same time you can't make def- mistakes defensively because if you go down a goal, it's going to be a lot harder to get a goal back when you're only putting up one shot in a period. Yeah, I mean, the Blues essentially gave them one period <laughs> to play hockey. And then after that, it was Bravo 6 going dark. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. It's just, oh, dude. It's yeah, just, so it's, it's all happening at the right time. The stars are aligning. We're starting to get close to the playoffs. Mm. And the the funny thing is, dude, like the Blues should not be doing this. Like they should not be this good without Terrace Fanko, without oh. Jay Bomeister, without all these injuries. They had Sammy Blay scratch last night. Um, I thought it was injury. Apparently it wasn't. It was- Greg Ruby said, you know what? We're on a five-game win streak. You're not playing well enough. And honestly – you love to see that from a coach because a lot of coaches, I feel like Mike Yeo would be like, you know what, we're rolling. We're going to keep the line at the same. Maybe some guys didn't have an impressive performance, but I don't want to mess up the chemistry. No, Barubi said, not good enough. Blay, sit down, going to give somebody else a chance. And I think that's going to set a fire under him the next game he comes in. So it's all just, dude, Absolutely. it's all just going to keep rolling. Absolutely, and we'll get into the we'll get into the individual goals in the Islanders game real quick. But we're gonna take a, we're gonna take a quick break to thank our sponsors, some digital editors, and we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So, beginning of the game, Islanders go Late up on. two nothing. It's not looking too good. Not looking great. Not looking great. JG Pajot, the new addition, scores his 26th of the year on the power play. So the penalty kill continues to struggle. The Islanders go up one nothing, and then eight minutes later, Jordan Eberle scores on a backhand, a little, little, just a little scramble out front, puts it in. Islanders go up two nothing. At that point, I, I I'm ashamed to admit that I haven't learned my lesson with this team, and I was like, uh oh, is this the game where they where they where they lose? Are they going to lose this game? Shame on me, first of all. Uh, shame on you shame on me the disrespect I, I, sh- I should know better uh, 55 seconds left in the period who but Braden Shen Ryan O'Reilly and Jaden Schwartz to combine for one of their many many goals over the past two seasons Braden Shen with a slapper with less than a minute left huge momentum goal going into the second down one versus going into the second down two is it makes a world of a difference um, they say two goal leads the most dangerous lead in hockey for goals exactly like this you know, you're up, you're up two. You think you're you think you're chilling. You think everything's all good, and then all of a sudden, the lead gets cut in half, and you're one one shot away from no longer having a lead. And that was pretty clear that the Islanders weren't weren't really ready to play uh, play full speed hockey again because the second period started and the Islanders did not. They did not. They they stayed in the locker room. They, the players might have been on the ice, but their but their hockey ability stayed in the locker room. They put up one shot the entire second. And Thomas Grice stood on his head, uh, somehow kept the Islanders leading miraculously. You put up he had a windmill here. save. That was pretty. He was just standing on his head. Remind gave me flashbacks of Ben Bishop in the playoffs. It, yeah. it was it was it was a sight to see for sure. Uh, Blues were 
Blues were rolling that period. They put up they put up ten shots. The Islanders put up one. Blues couldn't find the back of the net. They're a little snake bitten. Grice was playing pretty well. I thought I, that, and then again, that's where I thought, man, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat him again. I don't know if they're going to be able to. They're going to be able to find their way past him again. They might. The Islanders might just sneak out a two-one victory in this game. Um, yeah, to to touch on the second period, I think it was the second period. I could be wrong, but can we talk for a second about the shift of the century from Jordan Kyrie? Are you are you kidding me? Man <laughs> are you kidding me? A man, man on fire. I I swear it felt like he had the puck on his stick for five minutes. Dude comes up, just bodies him, falls down, keeps skating, finds a guy in the open slot, gets a scoring chance, gets the puck back, works it around. Dangles a couple guys and then gets another shot on. Like, yep. oh, dude, yep. oh my god! Jordan Cairo was playing be a pro and he turned the difficulty down the rookie for a shift because he needed to get he needed to get some uh, some uh, he needed to get he needed to get his his coach approval up a little bit. But my goodness, he just yep. looked he just looked like it's that's the thing is we've said about Jordan Cairo he's a game breaker. He he might not be putting up the stats yet, but he has the ability to to just by his sheer presence alone, uh, you know, catch the, get the opponent's attention. Um, make plays out of nothing. And we saw it right there. We saw a flash of what he's capable of as he gets more comfortable, as he gets more confident. He'll be doing that more often. And, and his speed, his hands, his passing ability, everything that he has combines to make a player that has the ability to just take over a shift like that. Just get the puck at the beginning of the shift and say, this is mine now. You can have it when I'm done. I'm not When I'm do done, yeah. yeah. And the best we, thing about that, the, the best Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, yeah. The the like I said, the best thing about that, in my opinion, it, it looked it looked like he he was almost had the mindset of I'm taking this, and there is nothing anybody can do about it. Like he literally said, "You can have this when I am done." He's like, "No, I'm doing this, and then I am doing this. Nobody's taking the puck from me. These are the moves that I want to make." And I and and it just it seemed effortless out there. It didn't seem like a like a, a rookie with with only a handful of points in the season. That seemed like a superstar player. For sure. Yeah, and for me, the best part about that and what's promising to see uh, from the young stud Jordan Cairo, friend of the pod, by the way, friend of the pod, um, <laughs> friend of the pod, um, is that it didn't start from a defensive zone breakout. It didn't start from the neutral zone. It didn't start from him using his speed. It started from what a, a turnover. Yeah, he swiped okay, okay. the puck. He swiped the puck away from the defender. Yep, and that's how it all started. Yep. And. Uh, um, that's been one of the big knocks about everybody is like, hey, he's a small body. Can he hang along the boards? Can he grind it out with the big boys at the NHL level? We know his offensive capability is there, uh, but can he do it defensively? And obviously, it looks like he's been able to hang. So Absolutely, absolutely. And before we, before we wrap this game up real quick, take one more moment to thank our sponsors one last time. Digital Ad Insert, and we'll be right back. All right, Tommy, so we've seen the, we've seen the Jordan Cairo man-possessed shift. Didn't get a goal out of it, unfortunately. Heading into the third period, still down one. What were you, what were your thoughts heading into that final period? Were you nervous at all? That's a bad question. Uh, you know, because of course, because of course not. I was nervous. We don't get nervous. I was nervous. Anytime you go into the third period down, you're gonna be like, you know what? It's gonna come down. I know the Blues have a chance. I've seen them do it multiple times before. I just hope that they do do it. And, uh, I, I mean, it really felt to me like the Islanders just absolutely parked the bus, right? Every time we got it in there, uh, we were getting scoring chances, scoring chances, and then as soon as they get the puck, they just dump it in back into our zone and then just sit back on their heels again, right? Yeah. And we've seen, we've seen time and time and again 
uh, when the Blues try that kind of thing under Hitchcock and all that uh, jazz, it, it bites you in the ass. And sure enough, Vince Dunn comes blues. skating down. Vince Dunn comes skating down with space, looks down, ladder. sees red, and hits an absolute dinger. Missile. Missile. <laughs> Missile. Pistol. Right into the back of the net. Taking notes from Colton Pareko. He yeah. said, look yeah. down, look down at the puck and shoot as hard as you can. And sure enough. <laughs> He shot a hole through the back of the net. Yep, and, and honestly, <laughs> the, the Blues just dominated most of that third, like you said. The Islanders put up a little bit of fight, didn't get a whole lot of shots, um, but it, it felt a little a little helpless. And again, like I said, I think I said, were you nervous? I think nervous is the wrong word. I feel like at this point, it's tough to get nervous with this team just because we're so we know we so know what they're capable of. I'd say I was less nervous and more skeptical is the better word. Yeah, it's more I was, like anticipation. Right. Like you're like. Kind of expecting it to happen. Right. So if it doesn't happen, you're like, damn, like we could have done it. Anxious maybe is a good way to put it. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Blues are putting on lots of pressure. And all of a sudden, I remember just thinking in that moment, the puck's just slowly flowing up to the point. I'm like, oh, man, that thing's on an absolute platter. There better be a defenseman back there. You know, because you couldn't see. Vince Dunn was off screen a little bit. So I, I didn't really yeah. know where, where that last player was. But I saw four guys in blue. And I'm like, okay, there's somebody else. Please tell me he's skating full speed at that puck. And sure enough, Vince Dunn pops on this, pops into, into frame, tees up an absolute piss missile, <laughs> rocket. Grice never saw it. He blinked. It's in the back of the net. You know, and I, I almost want to say game over at that point because Islanders haven't sniffed a sense of moment, a, a, a single ounce of momentum since the first period, and it's two two. Islanders look shocked. Blues were Blues were psyched. Heading into OT, and then Islanders take the face off at OT. Blues don't touch the puck for the first half of the period, but they only allow one shot. And they, the Blues get possession, put a little put a little pressure on here and there. You know, nothing nothing too special brewing. And all of a sudden, Colton Pareko, the big six six monster, with maybe the best skating ability on the team. Just He's takes, so powerful, man. Takes his, 15, takes his 15 foot long uh, antenna of a hockey stick, <laughs> grabs the puck, wraps around the net. He's still on the right side of the net, but the, his, the stick and his the puck are on the other side of the net. Puts it in on a wraparound past Thomas Grice. What can you do there? That is just, honestly, if you look at the replay, it almost looked like Grice had a chance to get over. He, but, he made contact um, with the it. The shot yeah. actually. Yeah, the shot actually hits the defenseman's stick because mm-hmm. he was coming over as well, and it kind of pops over Grice's pad. Bit of a bit of a pinch, bit of a pinch shot from Colton Pareko right there. Yeah, I mean it's just one of those things where if you have a six six defenseman who can skate like the wind and who can handle with the best of them and can wrap around like that and tuck it in, make it look so easy. That's 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 a rare rare skill. That's that's something that you don't see every day with with many players, much less one of of his size. That was a fun goal to watch. I mean, he was he was he's been buzzing lately. Like like we like we touched on six points over his last six games, including three in the Dallas game. Uh, he's been he's been great. He played twenty four minutes, almost twenty five minutes last night against the Islanders. Um, I'm not sure if that led the team. Let me. Let me look real quick. Uh, Petrangelo, Petrangelo played twenty four oh five. Pareko played twenty four fifty five. So Colton Pareko led the led the team in ice time last night, and sure enough, got a goal to to cap the cap the victory off for the Blues. 
He had a little wiggle against that D-man too. So anytime Cole fifty five gives a two zigzags, you're gonna be Ooh. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be maybe, having a good time. Maybe that's all I need. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Yeah, I mean six in a row. Dallas tomorrow night. I mean uh, uh, Saturday night, NBCSN, eight o'clock prime time, divisional matchup. Tommy, who's your locked on player of the week? We oh, before we uh, before we uh, get into that, we did actually have a request to talk about our locked on player of the week. Uh, Jeffrey at my all American two on Twitter said he's going to the game on Saturday. Who are our picks for player spotlights against the stars? Who do we think? Who do we think is going to dazzle for for our boy Jeffrey when he's at the game? Who's gonna um, Who's gonna impress? Who's Jeffrey? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lock on uh, David Perron because I feel like he's due, and I feel like he always um, there's always a little bit of pep in his step against the Dallas Stars just because it's a division rivalry, uh, and he's played against them so many times. So I'll go David Perron. That's a yeah, that's a pretty David safe Perron. pick. I feel like I'm gonna go for my locked on. Player of the week, or player of the player of the weekend, I should say. Friend of the pod, the man on fire, Jordan Cairo. <laughs> he's he's I like that one. He had a goal in the Dallas game and an assist. A goal in the Minnesota. Oh yeah, so last time when they played Dallas, he had a goal and an assist. Uh, he only played nine minutes in that game, so he was very efficient. He had a goal in the next game against Minnesota. He's been playing pretty well. Three shots last night. His ice time slowly increasing. You know, he only played seven minutes against Chicago. Everybody played ten against the Islanders, so he's Ruby's getting a little bit more trust in him, uh, and he plays well against Dallas. He had that possessed shift against against this against um, the Islanders last night. I think he's going to thrive on that. I think he's going to lock into that energy, lock onto that energy, and then bring it for a full sixty Saturday night against the Stars. I like it. I like it. Speaking of, so there you go, David yeah. Perron and Jordan Cairo. Keep an eye on them. Speaking of locked on, I guess we could we could talk about a different game Saturday night. Tommy, who's your locked on player of the night for the Battlehawks game on the Saturday? Battlehawks. Um, I'm gonna take. So here's here's what I got. Here's what I got to say about the Battlehawks. Battlehawks are taking on Seattle Dragons on Saturday, right? Seattle Dragons have not let up a rushing touchdown in the XFL this season, and for whatever reason, uh, Jonathan Hayes loves to give our running backs 30 to 40 carries a game, even if the running game's not working. Um, so hoping he strays away from that and leans on his top-tier elite quarterback, Jordan Te'amu. And the, our aerial assault picks them apart because it's capable of doing that as we've seen. Um, and then our defense obviously will hold their own because they're one of the best in the XFL. So my locked on player is going to be Jordan Tiamu. It seems like an easy pick just cause he's the quarterback. Um, but when you dive down into it, I think the passing game is really what's going to set the battle Hawks apart in this game. If they're going to win. All right. All right. Uh, that's an interesting choice. I'm going to go with a bit of an off the wall pick. Marquette King. Uh, mm. Mm-mm. I'm going to go with a bit of an off-the-wall pick, and, and the context isn't going to be clear for our lovely listeners quite yet, but but stay tuned. Trust me on this one. I think you can't have a good run game, like you said. You can't have a good QB without a good offensive line. And my locked-on player for Saturday night, I'm going to go with Bruno Reagan. And that might be a bit confusing, might be a bit off-the-wall, but... But hear me out. Hear me out. We've been, we've been talking about Friends of the Pod... And I don't want to give too many spoilers, but I'm always down to support a good friend of the pod. And 
we've there's been some communication. There's been some talking back and forth. And stay tuned in these coming weeks. We we might have some we might have some uh, expansion in our in our sports sport coverage sport guests here on on the Lockdown Blues podcast. But I'm gonna go with Bruno Reagan. I think he's a he's a unit of an O lineman. He's been playing well. You know he he he's he um. He's he's ready to. I think he's ready to, to make some good blocks against uh, against a really tough Seattle team. He's ready to hold down the fort for Jordan Tayama, like you said. I think I think our, our two our two picks are going to combine for for a for a good locked on game against the against Seattle and and you know get some good blocking, plenty of time for Jordan Tayama in the pocket, get some good passes off. You know maybe stay away from the running game a little bit and and put up a, put up another victory and and Kaka baby they're 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 rolling right now and I I think I think they're gonna they're gonna pull out a dub Saturday night. I like that a little locked on dynamic duo going on there. And uh, so kind of sticking along with that theme, if we're thinking of friends of the pod, um, maybe a locked on player for the Battlehawks game. We could also look at uh, Brooke Grimsley, oh. just an just an all star reporter all around. Oh. Uh, she's a she's a big football fan. I know she likes the Tennessee Titans. So um, and she always does great work. Um, so keep an eye on her as well. Mm. Mm. Not to yeah, not to. A lot of stuff in the works. Give anything away, but yeah, a lot of stuff in the works. We're very excited moving forward. Uh, we've, we've we've got some we've got some fun stuff planned. We're we're starting to get back in the swing of things as far as podcast episodes go. We're set. Tommy and I are settling into our classes. Joey's not working his crazy hours as much anymore. So we're we're getting ready. We got some fun stuff planned. I am ecstatic about the, about the next few weeks of, of the Lockdown Blues podcast. It's gonna be fun. It's going to be fun. Can't wait. Good Can't stuff. Wait. That being said, Tom, you got anything else for our lovely listeners today for the rest of this um, week? No, go Battlehawks and uh, Hawks. Fluff Stan Kroenke. <laughs> Fluff Stan Kroenke. You know, you know, there's an, we can we can mark this explicit. Fuck Stan Kroenke. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him and everything that he stands for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we can we can uh, we'll, we'll continue to show Stan Kroenke that St. Louis is a is a wonderful also, place to house a really quick um, on the Stan Kroenke subject. Uh, the XFL has an LA Wildcats team, right? Mm-hmm. Which I'm actually doing a giveaway for. If you guys want to check out my Twitter at twelve or fifteen, uh, you could potentially go to the game. But we play them on March twenty first, I believe. Their last home game, their attendance was twelve thousand. Our last home game, our attendance was. 30,000. So you do the math, NFL. Who likes was, football more? What was the last LA Rams home game? I mean, was that might not have been I don't know, but their attendance still does pretty well because all the San Francisco 49ers fans show up when they play um, or any other away team, and the crowd is entirely um, hostile towards the Rams. So their attendance numbers look good, but their visuals don't. So, I mean, their average attendance is 64,000, but I feel like... There's no way there's no way there's twenty nine thousand Rams fans in that stadium. There are twenty five thousand or twenty nine thousand Battlehawks fans in that stadium on any given any given game. I think and you can hear it in the interviews with the players too. Like seventy five percent of them, eighty five percent of them are upset and mad because (laughs) they got players jumping into their stands where their fans are. It's like disrespectful. And then also, I'm pretty sure there was an audio issue. where I believe the Rams audio played the Pittsburgh Steelers fight song or something. I'm like, something, that. something I know what you're talking about. I mean, it's really just, I don't think the Rams ever have a home game, and that's sad for them. But I also, 
not sad for them because I could give two less of a shit. So. Mm-mm. Yeah. <clears throat> so that being said, you hate to see it. Yeah. You really do. You hate you hate to see it, but you really don't. Uh, that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the sports. We got a wonderful sports weekend ahead of us. Blues, Battle Hawks, both teams are on fire. If you're a college basketball fan, you got the you got the conference tournament coming up. March Madness. It's we're getting into a fun time of the year. You got Dylan Carlson and Nolan Gorman putting on a show in spring training. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on that. Dylan Carlson's definitely Peg, making a push some, for the team. Pegging some Astros players in the in the back. Yes. Like to see. It's what you like to see. Oh, what's that account? It's like the oh, there's like the Houston Astros Shame Tour or something. I think it's got like twenty thousand followers and they just post videos every time a Houston Astros player gets paid. So if you guys like that. baseball and hate the Astros and hate I don't cheaters, know. I don't like know, the Patriots Tommy, but, as well. But but didn't you but hey, 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 <laughs> hey. That was unnecessary. We're on the same side here. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I just had to throw it in there. I don't know. I feel, I do feel a little bad about about uh, ripping on the Astros because there was that report that came out that said some of the players were sad. So I don't know, man. I don't know if I can morally continue to to rip on the Astros because some of them are are sad. Some of them are really really sad, and they have to wipe their tears with their hundred dollar bills while they drive home in their Lamborghinis and and wear their World Series rings that they didn't deserve. It's tough. It's a tough life for them. They're really sad. But so sad. So sad. That just, was a report. You just really have to feel for those guys. That was the report. It was. It was. It was a, def- a report came out defending the Astros because some of the players are sad. God forbid. God forbid. You know, I, I bet. I bet a lot of the. I bet a lot of the the pitchers that that lost their careers because they got lit up by the Astros are pretty sad too. Yeah. The teams that the team and Clayton Kershaw, who didn't get a single swing and a miss on a on a curveball or a slider, is yeah, like fifty seven of them or something. Not a single, mm-hmm. a single swing yeah. and miss. One of the yeah. best players in baseball. Whatever, guys, yeah. go follow twenty uh, twenty Astros Shame Tour at and then you can it's the at Asterisk Tour on Twitter. They've got one hundred sixteen thousand followers, Lovely. and they just post videos of Astros getting beamed every time it happens. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> That's the I'm gonna I'm gonna follow that as soon as we finish this up. But yeah, so so the got lots of fun stuff happening right now. Like I said, follow the Astros account on Twitter, but also follow us on Twitter at Locked On Blues. Also, same thing on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter, Josh Thomas NHL. Follow Tommy on Twitter, Twelcher Fifteen. Follow Joey on Twitter, Palazzola RTN. He's not here, so he he's he can't plug himself. But I'll I'll, I'll throw him a, throw him a quick little shout out. And thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you submit your mailbag questions for next week. Again, conflict of schedule. Couldn't couldn't get all three of the boys on the pod today. So we'll have we'll be back with the mailbag and the gauntlet next week, next Friday. Got lots of fun stuff in the works. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, let's go blues. Peace. <laughs>